Hello and welcome to today's episode of Mythical Storytelling by Shenjian. Today's story is called Movis. Before I start though, just as a reminder, please subscribe to the podcast if you like it and do share it with your friends and family. Also, if you really like the podcast, you can now show your support by buying me a coffee. My ID is Shenjian B. So that's S H I N J A N B. All these details are in the show description. Thank you. Right, let's start the story. In a large village, there lived a noted belle or Mamon da Gokwa, who was the admiration of all the young hunters and warriors. She was particularly admired by a young man who from his good figure and the care he took in his dress was called Boman or Mamon da Jin Ine. This young man had a friend and companion whom he made his confidant. Come, said he one day in a sportive mood, let us go according to her who is so beautiful. Perhaps she may fancy one of us. She would, however, listen to neither of them and when the handsome young man rallied her on the coldness of her air and made an effort to overcome her indifference, she repulsed him with the greatest contempt and the young man retired confused and abashed. His sense of pride was deeply wounded and he was the more piqued because he had been thus treated in the presence of others. And this affair had been noised about in the village and became the talk of every lodge circle. He was, besides, a very sensitive man, and the incident so preyed upon him that he became moody and at last took to his bed. For days he would lie without uttering a word, with his eye fixed on vacancy and taking little or no food. From this state, no efforts could rouse him. He felt abashed and dishonored even in the presence of his own relatives and no persuasions could induce him to rise so that when the family prepared to take down the lodge to remove he still kept his bed and they were compelled to lift it from above his head and leave him upon his skin couch. It was a time of general removal and breaking up of the camp for it was only a winter hunting camp and as the season of the hunt was now over and spring began to appear, his friends all moved off as by one impulse to the place of their summer village and in a short time all were gone and he was left alone. The last person to leave him was his boon companion and cousin who had been, like him, an admirer of the forest bell. The hunter disregarded even his voice and as soon as his steps died away on the creaking snow, the stillness and solitude of the wilderness reigned around. As soon as all were gone, he could no longer, by listening, hear the remotest sound from the departing camp. The bowman arose. Now this young man, had for a friend a powerful guardian spirit or personal manito as he resolved with this spirit's aid to use his utmost power 
to punish and humble the girl, for she was noted in her tribe for her coquetry, and had treated many young men who were every way her equal as she had treated this lover. He resolved on a singular stratagem by the way of revenge. He walked over the deserted camp and gathered up all the cast-off bits of soiled cloth, clippings of finery and old clothing and ornaments which had either been left there as not worth carrying away or forgotten. These he carefully picked out of the snow into which some of them had been trodden and collected in one place. This gaudy and soiled stuffs he restored to their original beauty and made of them a coat and leggings which he trimmed with beads and finished and decorated after the best fashion of his tribe. He then made a pair of moccasins and garnished them with beads, a bow and arrows and a frontlet and feathers for the head. Having done this, he searched about for cast-out bones of animals, pieces of skin, clippings of dried meat and even dirt. Having cemented all this together, he filled the clothes with it, pressed the mass firmly in and fashioned it externally in all respects like a tall and well-shaped man. He put a bow and arrow in his hands and the frontlet on his head. Having finished it, he brought it to life and the image stood forth in the most favoured lineaments of his fellows. Such was the origin of Moes, or the dirt and rag man. Follow me, said the bowman, and I will direct you how you shall act. Moes was indeed a very slightly person, and the bowman led him into the new encampment where the girl dwelt, the many colours of his clothes, the profusion of his ornaments, his manly deportment, his animated countenance drew all the eyes to him. He was hospitably received, both old and young showing him great attention. The chief invited him to his lodge, and he was there treated to the Musa's hum and the finest venison. No one was better pleased with the handsome stranger than Mamon Daikogwa. She fell in love with him at first sight, and he was invited guest at the lodge of her mother the very first evening of his arrival. The bowman went with him, for it was under his patronage that he had been introduced, and in truth he had another motive in accompanying him, for he had not yet wholly subdued his feelings of admiration for the object against whom he had, nevertheless, exerted all his necromantic power, and he held himself ready to take advantage of any favourable turn which he secretly hoped the visit might take in relation to himself. No such opportunity, however, arose. Moes attracted the chief attention. Every eye and heart was alert to entertain him. In this effort, on the part of his entertainers, they had well nigh brought about his destruction by dissolving him into his original elements of rags, snow and dirt, for he was assigned the most prominent place near the fire, where he was exposed to a heat that he could by no means endure. However, he warded this calamity off by placing a boy between him and the fire. 
he shifted his position frequently and evaded by dexterous maneuvers and timely remarks the pressing invitation of his host to sit and enjoy the warmth he so managed his excuses as not only to conceal his dread of immediate dissolution but to secure the further approbation of the fairest forest girl who was filled with admiration of one who had so brave a spirit to endure the paralyzing effects of cold the visit proved that the rejected lover had well calculated the effects of his plan he withdrew from the lodge and moist triumphed before the bowman left he saw him cross the lodge to the coveted abinios or bridegroom's seat the dart which mamon dagoqua had so often delighted in sending to the hearts of her admirers she was at length fated to receive she had married an image as the morning began to break the stranger arose adjusted his warrior's plumes and took his forest weapons to depart i must go said he for i have important work to do and there are many hills and streams between me and the object of my journey i will go with you said mamon dagoqua the journey is too long replied her husband and you are ill able to encounter the perils of the way it is not so long but i will go answered his wife and there are no dangers i will not share with you moves returned to the lodge of his master and told him what had occurred for a moment pity took possession of the young man's heart he regretted that she whom he so loved should thus have her thrown herself away upon an image a shadow when she might have been the mistress of the best lodge in the camp it is her own folly he said she has turned a deaf ear to the counsels of prudence she must submit to her fate the same morning moise set forth and his wife followed him at a distance the way was rough and intricate and she found that she could not keep up with him he walked so quickly she struggled hard and obstinately to overtake him but moise had been for some time out of sight when the sun rose and commenced upon his snow-formed body the work of dissolution he began to melt away and fall to pieces as mamon dagoqua followed in his track she found piece after piece of his clothing in the path she first found his mittens then his moccasins then his leggings then his coat and after that other parts of his garments as the heat unbound them the clothes also returned to their filthy condition over the rocks through windfalls across marshes mamon dakogoqua pursued him she loved the path turned aside in all directions rags bones leather beads feathers and soiled ribbons she found but caught no sight of moes she spent the day in wandering and when evening came she was still alone the snow having now melted she had completely lost her husband's track and she wandered about uncertain which way to go and in a state of perfect despair
At length, with bitter cries, she lamented her fate. Muus, Muus, she cried, you have led me astray, you are leading me astray. With this cry, she wandered in the woods. The cry of the lost Mamon Dagokwa is sometimes repeated by the village girls who have made of it into a song. Thank you for listening to today's story. As usual, I'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback. You can contact me on Twitter. My handle is blabberingshin. And you can also email me. My ID is iamshinjan at gmail.com. All these details are present in the show description. Don't forget to share and subscribe. And as I said before, if you really like the podcast, you can show your support by buying me a coffee. My ID is Shinjan B. So thank you once again. Till next time. Goodbye.